Okay, good morning, everybody. Okay, a little bit echoey, I thought, but... Sometimes it's nice being old. Oh. Sometimes it's nice being old because when there's no words, you know them because they're older songs today, a little bit older ones. So thank you very much, Alex, for leading us in those uh, worship songs through the centuries. And, um, oh, is it not a bit loud? I'm getting a... To me, it's a bit echoey. It's all right for you. Okay, good. Right, the other thing about being old is that I need to put my glasses on to see my words, even though the font has got bigger each time. Um, now, sermon today is about being a new creation, and just as a little warning, later on, um, although we're starting a little bit late, perhaps it's not so long, or never that long, um, we're going to have a little break in the middle, um, so look around who's around you and uh, see what you appreciate in them, and we'll uh, see why that is in a minute. Um, now, I know it's not all of you who have listened to my last two sermons, but some of you have. So for those who have, what did I speak on last time I was at, spoke here? I never speak anywhere else on that. What did I speak on? Now, somewhere away, because it was uh, 26th of December. Anyone remember? Who was here on the 26th of December? Ah, so what did I speak on? Even our, our boss Moira, uh, Monica. What about my wife? No, no idea. Okay, it was about the day after meeting Jesus. Because it was the day after Christmas, when some of us had so many presents and some of us had no presents. But we all had a great time. Now, a little bit harder, what did I speak on before that? A clue, it did involve a tune that's not often played in church. Jimmy? No. What? No, no, no. It was a pop song. You had trouble playing it. Yeah, Black Eyed Peas. Oh, sorry, that's what you said. I didn't hear. Yeah, Black Eyed Peas I played. Where is the love? Ah, that's what you said. Where is the love? Yeah, brilliant, Jim. Thanks very much. And the passage was Philippians 1, and we were picking up about um, the KIC culture of authenticity. On that occasion, God wanted to... And I, I raise this because it sort of flows into what I'm talking about today. On that occasion, God wanted me to, to stress that he made each of us different each of us very unique, and each of us with a long list of different attributes, skills, and connections, which we can bring to the church. God does not want to change who you are, because Jimmy can get into different places than Alistair. Dawn can get into different places than Alistair and Jimmy. Rory, he can't get into any places because he's too tall. <laughs> but we're praying for you. Don't worry. <laughs> but that's brilliant and that, will that is what is enabling God's kingdom to grow from the time when Jesus was walking on the planet earth until now and then into the future because the church is so diverse as I look upon you now there's so many different people different talents, different abilities different marvellous, marvellous things that God has in store even as uh, they were praying about Jonathan who's still young and growing into that others are a bit older 
Some of us can look back and see how God has used us. Others need to look forward to see how God is going to use us. But for sure, as we're willing, God will use each one of us. But, as I was praying about the message, this message this morning, God brought into my mind the words, I'm a new creation. I shared that with Alex last week. I, I said, I don't know what I'm going to talk about quite, but I just know it's going to be something around this new creation, if he wanted to help him in thinking about the worship songs. And when I look to see where those words are found, they are written in 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17. But to put it into context, let's read the whole passage, or read a bit more around it, so we get the idea of where those fit, uh, words fit. So, 2 Corinthians 5, verses 11 to 21. Since then, we know what it is to fear the Lord. We try to persuade others. What we are, what, what we are is plain to God, and I hope is also plain to your conscience. We are not trying to commend ourselves to you again, but are giving you an opportunity to take pride in us, so that you can answer those who take pride in what is seen rather than what is in the heart. If we are out of our mind, as some say, it is for God. If we are in our right mind, it is for you. For Christ's love compels us, because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died. And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. So from now on, we regard no one from, the, from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we, know, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, the new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them, and he has committed to us through the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God, God made himself, who had no sin, to be sin for us, so that in him, in him we might become the righteousness of God. As we reflect on this passage, I want us to draw out three things, and Christ is at the centre of each of them. The first, Christ's love compels us, verse 14. Secondly, Christ's new creations, verse 17. And thirdly, Christ's ambassadors, verse 20. Let's start with uh, the first. Christ's love compels us. Perhaps some of us made New Year's resolutions to eat less chocolate, to drink less coffee, to exercise every day, to get up 10 minutes earlier and pray. And have we managed to keep them? No hands. Some. We tried. I know what it was for myself. I said, and I mentioned Harriet the other day, it was to do my little jogging route twice a week. But it's so hard, and I get so tired at the end, and so whenever there's an excuse, oh, Chantel wants playing with, Chanel wants playing with. I'm home too late, it's getting a bit dark, whatever, whatever. And the jogging goes aside, and the excuses rise up, and the truth is I've failed miserably. 
When we, when we consider what happened to people the day after they met Jesus in my last message, the two major consequences were, firstly, they had to tell others. The shepherd ran off and told the others. That they, and the second thing was that they had to praise God. And we saw that in the, the angels and the, the shepherds were also praising God. And this is the same motivation from Paul and his team in reaching out to the Corinthians and all the other people that they visited and we can read about in the book of Acts. Each of us knows Jesus as our personal saviour. Each of us has been born again. And so we have this same compulsion as Paul. So it's only coming to my mind, but what is your relationship with Jesus compelling you to do? What is your relationship with Jesus compelling you to do? This might be a very practical thing, such as an act of community service, or it might be something more spiritual, to be praying for your neighbours, friends, family, or work colleagues who do not yet know Christ. A challenging example of this, I was reading, and this is what came into my mind because of praying for Jonathan, you'll see, a challenging example of this, I was reading a UK Christian magazine article about the way that young people, teenagers, are leaving the church in the UK. And the writer, already, who was already a Christian in his, in his teens, he's now older, said he remained in the church because the church involved young people within their services. That was one thing, and it's great that we do involve our young people in our services. Jonathan was playing the piano today, and other people do other things. It's great. Sometimes they take over the whole service. Wonderful. But he felt actually more important, and this also came out in the prayer for Jonathan this morning, older members of the church who were not related to him, but showed interest in him. They wished him happy birthday. They committed to pray for him during his exams. And in the nicest way, simply touched base with him each Sunday. As adults, do we do that with our younger members of KICL? To have that influence and inclusion, bringing our young people into ourselves. So the same thing is happening in the UK might not happen here in Uganda, that young people continue with their faith through into adulthood. With KICL, and again Rory mentioned this earlier, we're going to be looking at these missional groups in February in this month, from next month. And these are an outpouring of the love of Christ compelling us to make contact with our circles and of being a light for the kingdom in these situations. It comes back to the fact that we are still the person that we, that's the person that we were before we met Jesus. But now, as with Paul, even to the extreme of people thinking we are crazy, we allow Jesus, through his Holy Spirit, to use us, me, and you, to spread his kingdom, his, his love, and the opportunity of his saving grace. So I'm still Alastair. Rory's still Rory. Dawn's still Dawn. Monica's still Monica. But inwardly, we've changed. Inwardly, you each have something different to offer to the kingdom of God. And it's God's love that's compelling us to make that change. Romans 12 and verse 2, and I read the New Living Version, says this, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. 
Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. By changing the way you think, this is the critical thing. It's an inner change, a transformation. As this verse states, and, and uh, as we let this transformation happen, and the love of Christ compelling love and Christ's love compelling us, exciting things will be in store for each of us during 2022. Guaranteed. Let me finish this first section by reading our verses that cover this from the message. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 12 to 14-ish. It's never quite clear in the message. We're not saying this to make ourselves look good. We just thought it would make you feel good. Proud even. That we're on your side. And not just nice to your face, as so many people are. If I acted crazy, I did it for God. If I acted over serious, I did it for you. Christ's love has moved me to such extremes. His love has the first and the last word in everything we do. I love that last phrase. His love has the first and the last word in everything we do. Can we allow that to be the truth in our lives in 2022? Now the second one is Christ's creation, Christ's new creation. One of the benefits of having baby Chanel even I'm a bit older, I know, but anyway, it's great. One of the benefits of having a new baby in the family is that you really appreciate the wonder of creation. Sarah and oh, many of the mothers, all the mothers, I guess, know about this. But it's great to be reminded. Perhaps you're in the medical profession. I know many of you are in mild May, and you see babies and things every day. For myself, I'm in agriculture. And I all too easily relate things of animals, as Harriet knows and often complains about, to things about us humans. Sometimes it's true, sometimes it's not true, but sometimes you shouldn't say that it's true even if it's true. But anyway, that's what I know about. But whether a human baby, such as Chanel, or the chick that we saw at Easter, or even the seed germinating on a piece of tissue paper, it is all so incredible. Chanel, as you look at her hand, she's a real miniature human being. I'm not sure if the fingerprints are established and she could get through all these things. We have to do our fingerprints these days. But even if not, every other detail of her little hands are just the same as mine. It's amazing, really incredible. And it's true in animals as well. <laughs> And it is this same amazing change that happens when we receive Jesus into our lives as Lord and Saviour. As Nicodemus was told in John 3 and verse 3, Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you are born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. We must be born again. And this is not a physical rebirth, as Nicodemus asked quite sensibly, but it's a spiritual rebirth. But... It is every bit as amazing as a physical birth, as physical rebirth. As our passage states in 2 Corinthians 5, verses 18 and 19, all this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, 
not counting people's sins against them. And he committed to us the message of reconciliation. The key word in these verses is obviously reconciliation. And in a dictionary definition of this word, reconciliation is the restoration of friendly relations. The restoration of friendly relations. So simple. And yet exactly the defining word, so simple, and yet exactly defining the work of Jesus as he came into this world, lived amongst us, died for us, and then rose again. This is the central gospel message that through the death and resurrection of Jesus, Jesus, God himself can make us sinful humans to once again be his friends. Friends with the God that created us in his own image and have the original relationship of friendship restored. Reconciliation. The restoration of friendly relations. Romans 5, verses 12 and 15 says this, Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, and so death spread through all men because all sin. Verse 15, But the free gift is not like the trespass. For if many died through the one man's trespass, much more have the grace of God and the free gift by the grace of that one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for many. And so because of this act of reconciliation, we have this opportunity to be born again, to be created anew, and to once again have this friendship with God. And of course, with this, the certainty of eternal life with him. 2 Corinthians verses 5, verses 16 and 17 says this, So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we no longer do so. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. Now, I have to do this a bit quickly, and we have to be COVID compliant. But I know you like to stretch your legs a little bit in my messages. Well, I don't give you any choice, actually. So I want you to um, just to stand up and just to, I think we only have time for one person, just go to one person and uh, say these words. You see at the bottom of the screen there, I see in you a new creation in Jesus, and I especially, I especially appreciate your, whatever it might be, your caring nature, your willingness to help, your deep prayer commitment, whatever. I thank you and I thank God. Just go to one person quickly and say that. Okay, I can see a very disobedient group of people. All right, come back together and uh, do continue later. But thank you so, so much, each one of you. Each and every one of you is such a valuable part of KIC Laboa. And we appreciate each one of you. Thank you very, very much. Okay, now to our third one, Christ Ambassadors. Now, the project I work for is funded by the European Union, and hence we have to follow the European Union rules. Most approvals and checks can be done by the project officer for our project from the EU, uh, who's responsible for our project. But sometimes when things get bigger, uh, the decisions have to be uh, decided by the ambassador of the European Union. Only he can, can sign. 
To be an ambassador is a, a position of great responsibility. And when ambassadors are asked to leave a country, either by the host country or by their own country being withdrawn, they are passing a very serious message. And this makes, putting it into context, so it just shows you the importance of an ambassador, the representative of a country in another country. Verse 20 in our passage. It says in 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 20, We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. A bit scary when you compare it with those big ambassador people. But it's what's written there in black and white. For we are ready, are we ready and willing to take up this responsibility? To be an ambassador for Christ. When people look at us, experience our actions, our speech, do they see Jesus Christ shining through us? And this is not about a visual Christian sign. Perhaps we have a white collar because we're a priest. Perhaps we have a habit, the dress of a nun. Perhaps we wear a cross or a little fish we used to do when I was younger, singing those songs we sang. No, it's not something that you're wearing. It's much, much deeper than those outward symbols. But it's about the light of Jesus shining from our lives, wherever we might be at that particular moment. In church, at home, in work, in school, at the sports club, at the social event, meeting some friends in the restaurant, perhaps even being in a bar. These are the situations that each one of us can find ourselves in according to the social networks which we're involved in. And there are situations, those are our missional groups, they're the places that we have opportunities to shine for Christ, to be ambassadors for Christ. But whatever we are, but whatever and wherever the physical situation, the spiritual situation remains the same. We are ambassadors for Christ. Matthew 5 and verse 16 says this, In the same way, let your light shine, shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Quite a challenge. Quite a responsibility. But we have the Holy Spirit within us to help us. And a completely merciful Father in heaven who is willing to forgive us when we are not quite the ambassadors we would hope to be. Actually, the final verse in our passage is a great encouragement in this regard. It is the certainty of forgiveness we have received in Christ. As we are reconciled to God through the death and resurrection of Jesus, the certainty of righteousness of God is there before us. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 21 says this, God made himself who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Righteousness, the holiness, the right people in the right place, being ambassadors for God. And so a quick reminder of the three things in the message today, in case I ask you next time. <laughs> but also you might remember these three things. Number one, Christ's love compels us, verse 14. Christ, uh, two, number two, Christ's new creation. We were born again, that amazing new creation. Three, 
We are Christ's ambassadors and all the responsibilities becoming an ambassador. Our lives are the embassies of Christ. Let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for making us a new creation. Lord, we're so amazed when we see a new baby, a new chick, a new piglet, whatever it might be. But the new birth within us is just as amazing. Lord, we're not going to be made babies again, but we are transformed, reconciled to you, made new for you. Lord, we thank you that that is true within each one of us. And you've done that with a reason. Changed us within, but with the same outside, because we can go to different places, do different things, be different things for you, be your ambassadors in different places, different situations. Lord, help us. It's not easy. easy. It's very easy to conform to the world. But Lord, we pray that that would not be the case. Lord, sometimes we trip up. But Lord, thank you that you're a merciful God. And Lord, as we confess those sins, you are righteous and just to forgive us those sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So Lord, as we go into this new week, Lord, be with us, use us for your kingdom, for your glory, here in Labour or wherever we live in our different situations. In Jesus' name. Amen. Rory. Thank you.